Hi there, this is Tracy Malone from NarcissistAbuseSupport.com. Survivors of narcissistic abuse often feel shame for being in an abusive relationship, for staying, for not knowing, um, or, or they may even experience guilt. Do you know the difference between shame and guilt? Most of my clients struggle with it and, and are, are amazed at the explanations that they find out. And when they realize that they don't have to hold on to shame, they become more powerful. They become less victimized because they can let go of some things that have happened to them. My guest today is Sharon Martin. Um, she's an expert in, in so many things, including shame and guilt. And she's going to talk to us about the difference between the two and how we go about healing shame, how we look at shame, how we expose shame, and how we do not let shame control us anymore. I'm going to share a little bit of story about myself and my biggest shame moment and um, share with you how I let go of that. And we're going to talk to Sharon. So let's welcome her and learn about shame and guilt today. Hey, welcome, Sharon. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, so it was my pleasure. Thank you, Tracy. Welcome. Could you start off by telling my audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I am a psychotherapist. I'm licensed in California. Um, so I work in a private practice seeing clients. That's what I do for the most, most of my um, job. Um, but I also do a lot of writing. So I tend to write a lot of articles. And I think we may talk about some of those today. And I, I've written um, one book. It's called The CBT Workbook for Perfectionism. Um, working on another one, which will be coming at some point. It's a process, um, but I really enjoy that as well. Um, and just being able to provide, you know, more information, just like, you know, we're doing in this video, but um, in writing and in videos and just being able to share that with more people. Um, obviously, I'm fairly limited in the number of people I can see um, for therapy um, individually. So it's a nice opportunity. Um, and I really, I really appreciate you having me on so that we can talk some more about shame and really dig into that and hopefully, um, um, give people some resources and some, some ideas of things that they can do. Um, you know, I, I, I work a lot with shame. Um, it, it tends to go hand in hand with the codependency and the perfectionism, which is, you know, probably, the, you know, the things that you ask me, like, well, what do you, well, what kind of things do you work on with people? Those are the big ones, but you really can't deal with those issues without dealing with the shame that's under, underneath it. Um, it's sort of an interesting thing. I, I'd say it's pretty rare that somebody shows up and says um, what they want to work on is shame, but it's often what's underneath, you know, the things that are bothering them, right? The other feelings that they're having that are uncomfortable or the behaviors that they're doing um, to try to deal with the shame that start um, making them, you know, either causing some problems for them or just making them feel bad um, in their life. So, um, it yeah. all ties together, and it, and it very much ties together with the victims of narcissistic abuse. Mm -hmm. To gravitate towards shame, shame for, um, you know, staying, shame for having children with this person, shame, shame, shame. It's just like, and, and, and we get buried and buried deeper into it. But before we talk about shame, I think there's a big misconception with people, the difference between shame and guilt. And then we hear the word toxic shame. We hear codependent shame. There's all kinds <laughs> of things out there. And people are like, I don't know what I have, but I don't feel good, right? So can you help us to, to like break up the difference between shame and guilt? Guilt, I did something wrong and mm -hmm. I'm bad, right? Like did something right. bad, I'm bad. So how can you like 
help us understand that a little bit deeper. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's exactly it. That that's the fundamental distinction that you want to make is that guilt is the feeling or the belief that you've done something wrong. And what I would say about that is that guilt has the potential to actually be a helpful emotion. If you actually have done something wrong, then it's appropriate to feel bad about it, right? I mean, if I have, um, you know, done something to hurt somebody um, intentionally, unintentional, right, and I feel bad about that, right, there's some motivation there for me um, to correct that behavior. And, and there's, I think, a, you know, some understanding and, and potentially, you know, a, a place to have some empathy um, as well. Um, but shame, on the other hand, we really tend to think about shame as, like, that there's really nothing helpful about, about the feeling of shame, which is instead of feeling like you've done something wrong, it's, it's the fundamental, really painful belief that there is something wrong with you as a person. Um, so it's not just an action, right, that you've done, um, which is like sort of one kind of piece of who we are or the things that we do, but we're talking about this really maybe sort of like a, a core belief about yourself that, you know, there's something inadequate or unworthy or wrong um, about you as a person. And that just feels much more pervasive um, to me, you know, and so certainly, you know, somebody could have shame that centers around a particular event. Um, but what I tend to see is that it, that it sort of just sort of sends out those ripples and it, and it kind of overtakes everything. Um, because like I said, I think, I think it becomes almost like a belief system, not just a feeling um, of, you know, being an unworthy or unlovable person. Um, and, shame, and guilt is about doing something wrong, saying some, the wrong thing to someone, you feel bad that you hurt their feelings. But shame, again, it's, it's permeated in your body. And mm. like, to just feel like, I, I, I don't want anyone to know. It's, it's a secret in many ways, right? Yeah. Um, and, and like I was saying, I mean, certainly... Um, Guilt can be what I would say is sort of an inappropriate guilt too. Like we can think that we did something wrong when we really didn't. Um, but I would say shame is is really it's almost always wrong um, because it's 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 not just you know what we think about ourselves. It's what we think other people think about us, right? There's this element of judgment, um, judgment of ourselves, but also you know other people judging us. And it's, you know, it's a negative judgment, right? It, it's um, thinking that other people think that we have done something wrong. And here's, you know, where we kind of get into that aspect of, of the secretive nature is because, right, we don't want people to know what we have done um, or who we are because we really believe that they are going to think so poorly of us, right, that it's going to reinforce. Um, so then we just hold on to, uh, you know, these secrets, um, Right. And we all know like the secrets just kind of fester in that in that dark, you know, hidden place is that then our, you know, our thoughts really just kind of, you know, get out of control with it. Right. We just, you know, to me, it's like you, you, you have shame about something, but then you have shame about having shame. And so it just becomes this, you know, spiral. Um, and that's where I was saying, I think it just becomes this real pervasive, you know, feeling um, or belief that you have that's no longer about a specific, you know, thing that, that you did or that happened to you. Um, and it's really, you know, it's really a false belief system because so often when we think about shame, you know, we are blaming ourselves for things that really, you know, 
weren't any, they, they weren't things that we did wrong, certainly. Um, and they certainly don't actually mean that we are bad, unlovable, unworthy people. Like there's, there's a whole, you know, thinking process, right, that has gotten off track that, you know, creates this feeling of shame for us. And I think with, with victims of abuse, I think that we hold on to things that aren't ours to carry. You know, mm-hmm. like things that were done to us or are um, someone else's actions and now you're in this horrific divorce and, you know, like the neighbors are looking at you funny and you feel like you've done something wrong when in fact you were a victim. And so yes. we hold on to that shame and it's like a stigma. It's, it's, a, it's a prejudice that we self-define I'm bad because I'm getting a divorce, or I didn't know this was happening, and therefore I, I'm, I'm stupid. How could I have made it this far? You know, and then there's also a, a piece which a lot of victims have, which is something that comes from their family. You know, they came into a relationship with someone abusive because they lived with it their whole life and didn't recognize it. That was me. But that chain gets passed down generationally. Like it came in when you were 13 and you held on to it. And so it almost became a weapon to, to a narcissist or so someone that's going to abuse you. They know your shame. They know that vulnerability and that weakness. And then when they push on it, it activates everything that's been there all along. We didn't even really know it. It's just coming all back up. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I agree completely. I mean, I think you hit so many important points in, in there. Um you know, that you're right. I mean, when we talk about being in an abusive marriage or an abusive relationship as an adult, I mean, it's, again, it's almost always the case that you've already come to that relationship with carrying shame from your past. Um, and then just like you said, I mean, it's, you're just, you know, you're so prone to it that it, that it takes very little um, for that to get activated in a new relationship. And then, you know, here you are, right? You know, taking, taking the blame for things that you didn't do, that you didn't cause, um, that, you, you know, you didn't create, um, and feeling this tremendous shame as if you did something wrong here. Um, and like, like we said, I mean, and that belief that, you know, because you're in this situation, it's because there's something wrong with you. Right, and, and, and the blame is completely displaced, right, from the perpetrator to the victim. Um, I mean, and, if, and when we think about that with our logical minds, we're like, this just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever, right, that the person that is being abused is the one who feels like there's something wrong with them and they shouldn't speak up and tell people because people are going to think something negative about them when they are not the one who are, are doing the abuse, right? Um, right. And that's, that's shame that allows us to, you know, get into that twisted way of thinking about ourselves. And, and it's so painful, the notion of what are people going to think about me if they know that we just don't say anything, right? And then that, again, that allows the abuse to continue, right? So we were in this, you know, perpetual um, cycle of the abuse and the shame. And, you know, and it's understandable why, why you don't know how to get out right? Because it feels like the only way out, you have to go through the shame, right? You've got to, you've got to tell somebody what's going on. Absolutely. And when you, when you, you brought that up, it just like, it triggered me to the most shameful day of my life. Mm. That was when my narcissist um, had me arrested and put in jail. And I was so shamed. I just sat there going, no, 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 I, I'm not a criminal. I don't do anything wrong. And, and that like owned me. 
I can leave my house for six months. I was petrified that people would find out. I own a company. I have a child. It was just like layering and layering and layering. And the more I studied Jane, and, and Renee Brown was like my superhero here. The more I studied it, the more she said things that um, really related to me that holding it in was hurting me more. Holding it in and not speaking my shame. So I, I made a video on, on being arrested mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it could not hold me anymore. Like, so go ahead, you wanna watch it? I'm not embarrassed, I don't own that. He's the one that was the abuser, not me. I just got caught in a, in a spider's web there, and that was sort of the thing. And I had to learn to not hold that shame. And I think that's a very big part of healing shame is to 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 learn to face it and 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 not live with it inside of you. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I I I suspect that you know people watching are are thinking, okay, that's great, Tracy. That's amazing that you did that. Right, and you you were able to you know take the power away from that shameful experience by letting everybody know um, what happened. Um, but how did you get to that point, right? I mean, I feel like oh, that takes so much courage um, for you to say, "I'm just going to make this video and put it out there, and the hell with what everybody thinks." Um, right? That's that's really hard, right? Um, even if again, if we know, hey, that's really going to help me in the end. Um, I don't know if anything, you know, comes up for you, if you remember sort of like, what was it that, you know, helped you actually do it? I think it was the fear of living with it and, and sitting alone with it. I just, I just didn't like it. I didn't like it controlling me. I didn't like it keeping me in the house. And I had to learn that this wasn't my default. This wasn't something I had done. If I had gone and robbed a grocery store, fine. I would have done something that earned that shame. But for this particular situation, I just had to dig myself out, understand narcissistic abuse, understand what I missed, understand my family patterns. I had so much work to do. And, and I was really doing a lot during that six months when I didn't leave the house. <laughs> I was just reading. <laughs> reading them. Right, I, right. I learned that, that, you know, that wasn't part of it. And Brene has a, a really good um, quote that I got that saved um, is empathy is the antidote to shame. If we put shame in a petri dish, it needs three things to grow. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. If we mix shame with empathy, shame cannot survive. And so the secrecy, the silence, and the judgment. I was self-judging myself. So my friends, they knew the truth. The people that were gonna judge me, that's the, I can't change their mind, but I'm not gonna hold on to the shame. And, and that was the bottom line. How would you tell someone to let go of the shame in my situation or any? Yeah, well, well, one thing that you know that I was thinking about when you were talking is is trying to remember that most of the time we are our own worst critics. So, generally, the things that you're saying to yourself, right, all of the negative things that you're saying to yourself about that event, um, are probably worse than what anybody else is thinking. So that can be a helpful thing to remember is that it's sort of like we're, we're having this sort of catastrophic thinking, like we're imagining that everybody is thinking something even worse, right? It's going to be even worse than, than what we're thinking. It's probably not, um, you know, especially when we're talking about people who know you and care about you, is they're probably going to actually have more empathy for you than you're having for yourself, unfortunately or fortunately, right? Um, 
you know, but, but, and, and here's, you know, probably, I think maybe you, you may have skipped some of the story. Um, <laughs> I don't know for sure, but, but here's what I suspect you did. And this is what I would tell people is, is probably like whatever the big shame thing is that you're, um, you're um, wanting to rid yourself of the probably I wouldn't go directly to make a video and put it on YouTube for all the world to see right because probably what you did is first tell the story to people that you knew loved you and supported you and were safe people um, right because that's where we want to start if we want to set ourselves up for success in in sharing things that we feel ashamed of um, so when we, we accept the notion of part of that process is, is sharing that information, getting it out of that secret place, um, is, is figure out who are the people um, that you can tell that to. Um, and, and for some people, if, if there isn't a, you know, a friend or a family member or a coworker or somebody that sort of automatically comes to mind where you go, okay, that's a safe person. I could, I could share that with that person. You know, sometimes it's a therapist or sometimes it's a 12-step group or, you know, some place, you know, like that where, you know, there's already some, you know, you know, safety and support that's built into the context, you know, of the relationship. Because um, that, that's where you, I would suggest that you start is, you know, and you also might say, think about, well, maybe if this is really new and this is really hard for me, <clears throat> let me, um, start by sharing something um, that I feel a, a small amount of shame about. And I'm going to sort of practice and work myself up to, you know, the biggest, <clears throat> you know, piece of the shame, right? The thing that I'm feeling the worst about, um, you know, because I think what we, we hope to get when, when we share the story is both the empathy, um, but also the feedback um, that, that's basically telling us that, you're you're kind of been thinking about this situation all wrong, right? <laughs> right. That's part of the empathy. Is like I I understand. I I feel for you. I feel with you. Um, but at the same time, like I understand how you got to think about it like that. But but your thinking is off base because right, you're blaming yourself and criticizing yourself for something um, that that wasn't anything that you did wrong here. It's not. You know, this arrest was not you know, a reflection of you being a terrible person or, you know, an inadequate, you know, unworthy um, person, right? That's, that's not the story. I mean, I don't think it's the true story and it's certainly not a helpful story um, to keep telling ourselves. Absolutely. Um, and it is what you were saying is, <coughs> yes, I did the parts where I trusted and went to my friends and, um, and even saying something when we're extremely shamed, we get that wash of shame telling somebody. I see it in my support groups all the time, just even saying it, but that's the first release. Like that's where you are letting out in the petri dish, you're going, okay. And, and, and it's not easy to, to, to face that with your friends, but you tell two friends and all of a sudden it's not as hard. That first person, it's hard. Even saying you're divorced or getting a divorce can bring a lot of shame to people because you signed up for the deal with uh, two kids and a dog and a picket fence and for life and death to us part and it's failed. I'm not a failure, but they, they put it in there, right? Oh gosh, look, I couldn't make it work. And if you've been with someone who's abuser, they're probably blaming you. So even just saying those things can bring shame. And so when we look at it and we start to tell people slowly, there'll be people in your life that are going to go to the dark side and you're gonna lose some friends. And you'll see the true friends are gonna understand 
be empathetic and be there for you. It's not that you're always going to lose a friend, but, you know, in a divorce, in a situation, they pick sides. It just happens. And so letting go of them and letting go of the shame that, that comes with that. You know, I've lost my best friend over this, or they told my sisters or something like that. These are things that we have to work through. We have to do. Um, how, how do people activate this shame? Like, how, how is it like come into a, a situation? Like I'm describing divorce and relationships. How, how does that come into be shame versus I just feel really bad about it? Well, I, I mean, you may not realize that it's shame. I, I think it is is often the truth is that you do just feel really bad. You might you might be angry. You might be depressed. Um, but underneath there um, is the shame. And sometimes. Um, you know, sometimes we don't recognize that. I, I think until um, it's almost like you can get stuck in the other feelings um, because of the shame. You know, like I said, like if you sort of think about it as, as not just a feeling, but really a belief about yourself, um, then it then it it drives all of the thinking that you're having about yourself and and the things that you're doing. Um, so so I, I think for people that have grown up with shame right as a as a you know a, a familiar feeling is you don't always know that it's there um you might actually be uh, be tuning into some of the other feelings and not recognizing that the, that there's shame underneath there too um but but i think you know for people who are prone to shame you know as we were saying earlier it's very easy for it to be triggered um you know, sometimes it's because somebody says something like, you know, you know, you're a terrible mother or I can't believe you did that. Um, or sometimes it's just things that we, you know, say to ourselves the way we're interpreting the events. And it's not because anybody actually, you know, said something to, um, you know, sort of prompt the feeling of shame. It's just like, it's sort of like an automatic thought process. I think that's, that starts to happen for us is like, that's, that's sort of like the, the default story about why are these, you know, difficult things, these bad things happening in my life, it's because of me. Like, that's the story that we, you know, told ourselves from when we were small, because uh, we didn't have any other way of understanding why these terrible things were happening, the confusing things, um, you know, the stressful um, things that might have been happening. Like, we don't really have, you know, the, the cognitive ability to understand um, you know, why your parents are abusing you or why, you know, your parents are ignoring you. Like, we can't understand that that can have really nothing to do with us, um, right? We, we only understand things from our, from our own um, <clears throat> perspective. And so that, that, you know, the easiest story to hold on to is it must be something that I've done wrong, right? It must be that I'm not a good kid. I'm too needy. I'm too difficult. I'm unlovable. Um, Right. So again, like that's the familiar tape that just keeps playing in the background. And so here we are, right? We're in the adult relationship and, um, you know, your husband walks out on you and what's the, what's the go-to story, right? It must be, you know, because I'm a bad wife. It must be because I'm not pretty enough. It must be because I'm stupid. It must be because I'm, you know, nagging too much, right? It's something fundamentally wrong with me rather than, you know, trying to be curious about like, maybe there are, you know, might be some other explanations for this. 
um, right? And this is, you know, sort of the gift of, of being an adult is, you know, first we have to, we have to sort of calm ourselves, you know, because it's, it's hard to, you know, you tap into sort of that, you know, more logical part of our brain when we're really activated. Um, but, it, but if we can, you know, kind of slow things down, take some deep breaths, um, you know, maybe, you know, have a little time to ourselves, um, you know, we can then try to start asking ourselves some of the questions that, that can help us figure out um, that maybe there's a different story. Maybe there's more to the story than just that old one um, that maybe that was never the best, you know, most accurate story to begin with, um, right? It's just, it's easy to go there. Um, when you it's, know. Familiar, it's familiar. I mean, it's like you don't know there's a difference if that's all you've ever known is to go to that place of shame. And I know that there's, um, with toxic shame, where it's really been there a long time and it's holding you, it can have a lot of other side effects, such as you become a people pleaser. Are there other things that you can identify that might, with holding on to the shame for too long, can kind of lead you to <laughs> that? Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think almost, you know, the, the, there's almost sort of an endless list of things that we might say that, that can be the, be the negative outcome of it. Um, but, but I think like, like I've already been saying, you know, maybe this idea, sort of this pervasive belief about ourselves is really what I might say is, is you know, the toxic element of shame um, um, versus somebody who really just feels shame about an isolated incident. Um, and, and again, um, you know, there are people who don't feel shame about everything sort of all the time in their lives, right? Um, you know, I, I would say that's really the toxic, you know, piece of it is that, you know, when, when it's, it's the answer, you know, or the feeling that we have for like almost everything that's going on, it's just right there all the time, um, you know, versus, you know, sort of you know, normal shame, if you will, which is more, more, you know, situational um, of, you know, I, I feel like there's something wrong with me um, because of this particular thing. Um, but um, yes, right, right. Um, it becomes, it becomes, you know, like I said, a feeling that we have so often um, because it's really how we think about ourselves most of the time. Um, you have a, a meme out there on Pinterest, and boy, I love following your stuff. And I printed out the meme, which is a shame meditation. And I read it to one of my support groups the other day, and people were crying and going, I want to be that. I'm not there yet. And, and can you tell everyone how they can find that particular thing? So I would love for them to tap into that and, and read it, because it will kind of calm you down and help you. Oh, where where is the actual that actual meditation? Um, I will honestly, Tracy. I will have to look um, to tell you the truth, but I will I will get it for you and make sure it's available. Um, maybe we can put the link um, with this video so that people can download it. Um, yeah, this is the problem. Is uh, you know I get create too many things and I, I don't lose track of where they are anymore. Obviously they're out there um, probably on, you know, Facebook and Pinterest, but we all make it easier for people. Um, but yes, um, you know, th things like that really, I think can be helpful because they also really, you know, they try to tap into having compassion for ourselves, <clears throat> which is, you know, the other part that I think is really important in trying to trying to deal with the shame is like we've talked about you know trying to pull it out of the secret or out of the um out of the yeah, out of the secret zone into into um being known um but i think 
you know, it's both in order to do that um, and in addition to that, like we also want to try to be kinder to ourselves, right? Um, like, like I was saying, like we are just so hard on ourselves and so critical and we just think such, you know, lousy things about ourselves. Um, things like we wouldn't do that to anybody else. And, you know, I think that's, that's such a, a simple way to think about it is just trying to treat yourself like you would treat somebody else. Um, you know, if somebody else, you know, came to you and said, hey, I feel really ashamed that I got arrested. Um, I mean, you would never say the things that you were saying to yourself, right? I mean, you would have empathy, um, <clears throat> right? And so, so that's, that's the other thing. Like if we can try to practice um, recognizing that in some ways we're just like everybody else um, and um, our feelings are normal. There's nothing wrong with them. Um, and at the same time, we all deserve you know, compassion. We all deserve empathy from ourselves and from other people. Um, the judgment is not going to get us anywhere um, that we want to be, right? I mean, it's not going to help us feel better about ourselves. It's not going to help us do better in life. It's not going to help us make better choices. It's not going to help us, um, you know, get out of an abusive relationship. Um, we have to be able to um, start um, giving ourselves, you know, some of the emotional good stuff that, that we need. And self-love is something that gets beaten down and, um, you know, we're so busy taking care of others that we don't give it to ourselves. And that's a perfect example. Thank you for sharing it because we do have to look at ourselves and say, what would you tell your best friend about that? And would you listen to your best friend if she said it to you, right? Um, I'm a catastrophizer. I am like a master catastrophizer. I will like take anything and just go way down the gutter with it. And I had to learn, wait, that's, that's a pattern. That's not, it's not real. I had to identify what negative thought patterns were going through my mind that I would, could control that I didn't really know I had that choice. So it was very, very good to learn all of that and learn to take control um, and not let myself go down so low every time. So recovery is just like a little dip. You're going to go somewhere. Right, right. Uh, you know, like if you can almost try to just stay more in the present with it, um, right, because the catastrophizing, like when we go down that, that rabbit hole, it's really like we're imagining the what if and the what if and the what if and the what if and it's, you know, everything's worse than, than the next thing, right? Um, and it, it, it just builds on itself, um, imagining, you know, one bad thing leading to another bad thing. Um, but if we can just stay like, okay, I, I don't know that any of that's going to happen. Um, so let me just stay with what is right now, um, you know, because it's a funny thing. I mean, I think on, on some level, sometimes we think that we're, we're almost like we're preparing ourselves to deal with these terrible things that might happen. Um, but we're really not. I mean, it's both generally all those negative things are probably not going to happen anyway. Um, but even if they are, you're not actually, you know, better prepared to deal with them because you've been worrying about them. You're probably <laughs> honestly just more depleted. Um, because that's not actual preparation. That's just, you know, ruminating. That's just going, thinking in circles about the same thing. It's not actually a solution. Um, so, I mean, you could certainly ask yourself, 
you know, is there anything that I could actually do about this? Is there something that's in my control that, you know, will help me deal with it? And if there is, great, you know, do it, certainly. Um, but if the answer is no, then really, like, that's like, okay, there's nothing you can do about it anyway. So let me just stay with, you know, what's going on right now, you know, how I'm feeling right now, what I can do right now, what's in my control. Um, because that ultimately is more empowering, you know, right, when we stay here in this moment, rather than, you know, either worrying about the future or, you know, also dwelling about the past either, right, the things that have been done and that we can't undo either. Yeah, and fear, fear is part of this, you know, fear of, of the future or catastrophizing or putting it over there versus right here I'm seeing. Right now, that's not happening. I'm just imagining it happening, maybe trying to prepare that it might happen but it doesn't mean it's actually going to happen. And so what we're doing ourselves, we're losing today because we are worrying about what happened there. And so to hold on to um, things and, and know what to hold on to and what to let go is going to be the key. And um, I really appreciate you talking to us about shame today because I know so many survivors struggle with it and the, the misunderstanding, I feel guilty, I feel shame, I don't know what to do. Um, and, and, and again, that's, that's the bottom layer, right? There's other things on top of it. So for all of you out there in YouTube and uh, podcast land, um, we've been talking with Sharon Martin and she has been enlightening us on uh, shame and how to cope with it. So thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for watching. I hope that you learned a little bit more about shame and guilt than you did when you started this day off today. Try to do your best to study this. Read some great blogs. Just Google Sharon's name. You are going to find a lot of her stuff. Her website is right underneath the picture. You're going to be able to find that meditation by finding a link in our um, notes about this video. So let go of shame. If you have to learn more about narcissistic abuse, visit my website, NarcissistAbuseSupport.com. I've got free eBooks on there. I've got courses and I've got blog stories of all kinds of things that are going to help you understand narcissistic abuse as well as how to heal from it. So this is Tracy Malone. Thank you for visiting today and I'll see you real soon.